Here's the, what we're going to learn today on the eight psukim at the beginning of chapter Kav Zion, 27. Let's look at the psukim and we'll see what the parashanim have to say. I mean, you know the parashanim notice things that are not regular. So this idea by Yitzhak Moshe Vizikne Yisrael, it's not regular. What do we need Zikne Yisrael for? I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu is the commander-in-chief. He's the one who is giving all the mitzvot to Bnei Yisrael. As part of the Torah, as an addition to the Torah, but that's Moshe Rabbeinu. What's Zikne Yisrael? What's their job here? Et ha'am they commanded the people as follows. Shamor, keep. Keep carefully. So this puzzle seems to be kind of a little bit uh, repetitive. Vayitzav Moshe, Shamor et kol ha-mitzvah, it seems like, you know, they're kind of nervous that they're not going to do that. And then the Pasuk continues, Pasuk Bet continues and says, Here's Moshe Rabbeinu speaking. On the day that you cross the Jordan River. But we know that on that day, Moshe is not going to be with them. Moshe Rabbeinu is dying and will be buried on the eastern side of the Jordan River. When you cross the Jordan River into the land that God is giving you, so at that time you better set up these big stones. Now, assuming we know what those words mean, like when you whitewash them. Whitewash them. So we think, well, you have Avanim Gidolot, and you want to write something on them, like a sign. You know, here's, this is the way to Harival. Sadatel Tambasit. You, you whitewash them so that whoever is going to write will be able to write clearly. And then Pasuk Gimel tells us what's being written. So now we have a kind of a simple, directive kind of question. How did they do that? How can you write the whole of the Torah on a couple of stones? Bavrecha, when you cross over the Jordan into Eretz Yisrael, in order that you should make it to the land that God is giving you, which we know has been pointed out many times. Okay, so write on the stones all the words of the Torah in order that you should come to the land. It's hard to know what exactly the point of this mitzvah is. I mean, what what are they doing? 
they're crossing the, the Jordan River into the land of Israel. Why do they need these stones? When you pass pass over the Jordan River, then you set up these stones. Which is very close to Shechem. You should go set set up these stones. Again, whitewash them, the stones, I guess, whitewash the stones. And you should build an altar there, an altar of stone. Don't use iron in order to make the stones equal or similar to each other. But use whole stones to create or to build Mizbach Hashem Elokech. And on that altar, you will sacrifice Olot. You will sacrifices that go completely on fire to heaven. And then the pasuk v'zavachta shlamim v'achalta shom v'samachta v'nei Hashem elokel. So here's a pasuk that we should all know. We know that the mitzvah of simcha on Yom Tov, like on Sukkot, is from basar v'yayin. The basar is the shlamim, the sacrifice that's sacrificed there v'achalta shom v'samachta v'nei Hashem elokel. You will eat the meat of the shlamim sham at that altar. We don't know if that's one year or every year. Or, that's what the pasuk says. We Further note, you will write on these stones at Kol We don't know what Beretev is. Beretev is very clear. Clearly, what we write it clearly is only one Torah. There was only one nusach of the Torah. Let's see if Rashi can help us. Rashi says, "Shamo et kol haMitzvah, v'shon haVet Shamo, v'shon haVet." Now, right now, that's what Rashi says. Shamor, not Shamor, but Shamor. The Shon Hoveh. If this is a mitzvah, it's only, it's like a one time mitzvah. It's only when you go to Eretz Canaan, crossing over the Jordan River, as directed by Kodesh Baruch, you have to do all of this stuff with the stones and the. Rashi says that in Hebrew, if you're if you're a stickler to Hebrew, shamor is l'shon hove. It's like now, do it right now. The next Rashi, v'akimota l'cha v'yarden v'achakar totsim misham acherot v'tivnemehem mizbech v'arevav. First, 
set these stones up in the Jordan. Afterwards, Rashi says, And then you use the other ones to build a Mizbeach in the Mount of Eval. There are three different kinds of stones that were set up when they came into Eretz Kenan. Shneim Asabiyardain. Rabbi Yardain was in the Jordan River then to connect them to Gilgal. Gilgal was the first place that Bnei Israel came to. It was their first stop. Was their first place to rest. From there they went directly to connect them Rashi says, you want to know more about this story? Look at Masechet Sota. Right? Okay. We understand that the stones that are being referred to are one of these three stones. And somehow they knew that there was a three-stone need. Finally, Rashi tells us that Be'eretei, remember, the Pasuk says, Pasuk Chet, Katavta ala banim et kol Which Avanim? Avanim and Harival. Ones that are there. Be'eretei, you write them all. Be'er, interpreted well. Rashi says, Be'eretei, Shivim Lashon. Shivim Lashon are the number of languages that exist in the world. It's everything, all the languages. So that means these stones contain the Torah, but not in the original language, but in a language, everybody could find the language of their own choice in the stones that on which there was Pasukhet Katavta Alabanimet all the Bratorazot. Bearhitev and Rashi says Bearhitev Shivin Mashon and Shivin Mashon means everything. All the languages of the world, so obviously I don't know who wrote it. I don't know who are the buds who knew all these seventy languages, it doesn't tell us that. But there's no doubt there's no doubt that we now know who this is, was directed to? Who was this directed to? Okay, let's look at the Ramban. So, I mean, we they, we learned the Psukim. The words are, generally speaking, comprehensible. We just don't know what the purpose of it is and how it would accomplish that purpose and what Be'er has to do with what the result was. Another Ramban, the Ta'am Ba'itzav Moshe Bezikne Yisrael, the Ramban says this, Ki Yacharei Shli Moshe Devarav, after Moshe Rabbeinu completed his words, and his words were completed in the parasha of Kitavo, this week's parasha. I mean, it was, it was sort of like he he completed the covenant. Yacharei Shli Moshe Devarav, Sivalas Kenim, after Moshe Rabbeinu finished, he turned to the Skenim, to the elders. He asked, 
that they would speak with him, back him up. And he instructed the people to keep the mitzvot. Every people, every group tend to go to follow the the elders. And it says in the continuation of the Bosom, Asher Anochim Mitzavet Chem below Anachnu. The reason it says Anochi, meaning Moshe Rabbeinu, doesn't say Anachnu, Moshe and his Kenim, or Anachnu. Ki Ikar Adibul Moshe, because Moshe was the primary spokesman for the Torah. Vaz Kenim Yarimu Kolam Lemor Laam. And the Kenim would just kind of Echo the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, Shimu Vazilu Vasu. Listen and, and take uh, take heart and do it. There are other examples where Moshe Rabbeinu asks for a backup. This is what it means to become a nation. Become a nation means you can follow you can follow what the Torah wants you to follow without necessarily knowing about Rabbi Avram or Ma'amar. Rabbi Avram is the Ibn Ezra. Ki shamor et kol ha-mitzvah mitzvah ta'avanim asheyaskir mitzvah ta'avanim that the mitzvah that is being referred to is the mitzvah of the avanim ve'inenu nachon means all the mitzvot according to the Ramban and not that. You write the entirety of the Torah. The Gaon is Rav Sa'ad Yagon. The word Azharot refers to negative commandments. A, a, a short, a shorter form. It might, you know, there were books that were written where the negative commandments were collected, and Rav Sadia Gaon did that. For example, the Tamber Heitev and the rationale for the words Be'er Heitev, Aktiva, talk about not not the languages, but the way it was written. Rabotenu Amru. So the Ramban taught with the Ramban includes more the Gemara and Rashi. He says, okay, that what the, the, the words seem to mean is uh, the writing there should be clear. And we saw in uh, the book called the book of Taj Tag is a crown. 
So, you know, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet are sometimes written with crowns. Lamed, the Shin, right? This, they're, they're, they're written with crowns. And there were books which collected the words. Fancy ways of writing the letters with, uh, you know, it might look like a snake curled up. That's Tage Bizyune, Misham, Et Kuha Tagin, Mikola Torah. Vita Hensha, you have a Nimkidolot Maod, Osha Yamimas, and he seems so, according to the Ramban, there are three possibilities. One was that they didn't actually write the entirety of the Torah, but they wrote some kind of shortened version of the Torah. This idea that there could be a shortened version of the Torah is presented by Rashi. Just mentioned to you, Rashi in Mishpatin, Perik of David. God said to Moshe, I will give you the uh, the tablets of stone. Then it says, A Torah, the mitzvah. So this, Luchota Evan. The stone tablets, the Torah, Torah, and mitzvah. Well, what are they? I mean, we always thought that Moshe Rabbeinu got the Luchot Evan. So Rashi says, Luchot Evan, Moshe Katati Lorotam, Kol Sheish Me'otu Shloshu Srei Mitzvot, Bichlal Aseret Hadibrot, Eight. And all 613 mitzvot can somehow be summarized in the Aseret that they brought in the Ten Commandments. Rabbeinu Sadya, Sadya go, Pirish Vasarochi Asad, in the book that he wrote of Asarot, of the negative mitzvot, they call Dibur V'dibur Mitzvot HaTluyot Ibo. That every one of the Diburim of the Aseret that they wrote, Mitzvot Liyotma, that means that there are, you know, you could summarize all the Mitzvot. You could separate, you could, you could uh, kind of summarize all of the Mitzvot into the Ten Commandments. So he's uh, suggesting Either Rabban is suggesting, as according to the Ibn Ezra, that Rav Sadya go solved the problem by saying you didn't really have to write the whole Torah on the stones. It was enough to write something that reminded you of the entire Torah, which could have been the book of Azharot that Rav Sadya Gold wrote, or it could have been it could have been the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are kind of according to Rav Sadya Gold, or Prince C. Of the of the Torah itself. 
okay? The last part of the Ramban. Ahman asher tavo la'aretz amar Rabbi Abraham yashem yazricha im achilot alishmon mitzvotah that God will help if you if you begin you you what keep the mitzvot ki zoti a mitzvah rishona lebiatam aretz it's the first mitzvah that they have to do when they come to Eretz Yisrael. So according to the Ramban, where Ramban says, this is, this is the Ibn Ezra's idea, that there's a special mitzvah, which is the first mitzvah that they do when they come to Eretz Yisrael, right? And therefore, the promise that God will support them is, is very much part of doing that mitzvah. the Ramban says, now, I think that it's uh, it has to do with all of the words of the Torah. there's a connection between the fact that you're going to be successful and that you're coming to Eretz Yisrael. It's a kind of a... So that that I think that we'll learn, you know, these are the Karashi and the Ramban, the Ibn Ezra. They're kind of the classical Mephoshim. And they dealt with some of the issues, but not with the basic issue. The basic issue is, after all, what is this? What is it? There's no such mitzvah. It doesn't exist. We don't do anything today that either represents that mitzvah or reminds us of that mitzvah. I mean, you would imagine, you would imagine that there might be a reason for that. You know, somebody would be selling the Torah on a, on a stone you know, that we could all put in our home someplace. We don't we don't have that. So I said there are two modern mitzvahim uh, that I noticed uh, help us to understand. One is the Malbim. Remember Rashi said, "Why is it Yisrael?" He said he gave a pragmatic answer. Oh, the, um, the, the Malbim says Moshe Rabbeinu, after all, knew that he wouldn't be there when they come into Eretz Yisrael. So he took the skenim. As skenim, he knew they will be there. And they'll be able to encourage the people. Bamram. And they'll be able to say, Ki Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu helped 
added them to this mitzvah. He said the skenim should be part of the transmission. Shamart kol ha-mitzvah. Siva shi-izgru ki zachor b'shamor. Inyan echad. Shamor. That's what the Pesach says. Et kol ha-mitzvah. Why Shamor et kol ha-mitzvah? Nochamul again to say it again. We've said it so many times. Siva Moshe. Siva Moshe. She has kiru that they, when the Zikanim remind them of what they're supposed to be doing, Zichru ki zachor v'shamor inyan echad. They should remind them of the tradition of interpretation. And the tradition of interpretation on the word shamor is zachor v'shamor inyan echad. So it's like saying, right, like saying to B'nai Yisrael, we're here in order to protect the Torah. And in order to protect the Torah, we have to protect the tradition of interpretation. Zachor v'shamor, inyan echad. Kimo, v'aviv shamar t'adavar v'vnei sh'yesh b'zo ha-mitzvah ha-bepratim l'chein tziva sh'yizku. Because that became and since Moshe Rabbeinu was no longer with them, the thing that they had to remind themselves of was that the the mystery, the mystery of uh, of, the, of remembering the mitzvah is is essential because they didn't have Moshe Rabbeinu to go to and to say, "Tell us." Tell us what what we should do. So that's uh, I think that the Malbim the Malbim has something interesting to say, but he does not explain to me why it had to be put on those stones and what they're supposed to do with the stones and why the stones are important and why the stones are in Hare Val and not in So the last, the last thing that we looked at, that I looked at, thinking about all of this, was something written by the Shem Ishmuel, which on the sheet, unfortunately, was I misdirected the sheet. It was my fault. But I will try to tell you what the Shem Ishmuel had to say. The Shemeshvul, of course, believes that everything in the Torah is a metaphor for life. I mean, that's that's his basic approach to things. You know, even when the Torah says, don't do this, still do that, or, or accept this responsibility, it all it's all because, it's all because That's the Torah is about now. The Torah is about my ability to understand my problems and to solve them within the context of Torah. That's what. That's what I. That's what I have to do. 
So according to the Shemi Shvul, is it even true about the Torah being a metaphor for the Torah? That the Torah explains the Torah if you know how to look at it carefully. So the metaphor that the Shemi Shvul uses what to believe. The metaphor that the Shemi Shmuel uses is Kashrut. Kosher. So we know that Kashrut also means that things can become unkosher. And we know that things can be kashrut. And the two main ways of kashruting things are Just looking at the uh, there are two ways the kasha came in agala and libun agala is when you put the kli into uh, boiling water and libun is when you fly fire to the to the issue, to the glee, to the vessel that has been contaminated. Now, of course, we understand that if you're talking about about kashering kalim, kashering kalim, we say something like, well, uh, the way it became non-kosher is the way we're going to kasher it. So if the non became non-kosher in a liquidy way, so we can kasher it with liquid. And if we can kasher in a different kind of way, in a solid, so then we have to use stronger, have to use a stronger, a stronger method. So according to the Shemi Shmuel, Hechsher Kalim, kashering Kalim is itself A metaphor, a metaphor for doing tshuva. A metaphor for doing tshuva. He says, you know, people have to do tshuva. We have to recognize the fact that the existence, I mean, we're not talking about philosophy. I'm talking about why there is ra, or why there should be in the world that God created, why should there be things that are in that category. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that for some people, for some people, doing tshuva is, as the Rambam may have uh, intended us to understand, that it, it, doing tshuva is, is a natural thing. It's something that you almost desire. It, it, it's, it's not easy to be in a state, to be in a state of, in, in a state Needing tshuva. The person, a reasonable person, wants very much to do tshuva. 
Whereas there are some people, not many, according to the Shem Yishmur, there are not many, but there are people who kind of deny the need to do tshuva, who deny their own guilt, who don't understand, don't understand exactly what it is that differentiates them from others. So that if we call, if we can connect kashrut to tshuva, we would see that there's some people, some people who are, for whom Allah is sufficient. You put the vessel into boiling water and somehow the boiling water gets rid of whatever you want to get rid of. Because that's all there was. That's all there was, was the boiling water that made it problematic. There wasn't, there wasn't really anything else. But there are other people whom boiling water is not going to do it. They're going to remain as they were. And they're going to remain that the boiling water would not cleanse them. So there are people for whom regular tshuva, the idea of tshuva will not produce the result that we're, that we're interested in. We need something that's more powerful, something that is a uniquely able to cleanse us. Something similar, something similar to to the fire that's used in Libun. It says, and so this the so so if you imagine if you imagine that the book of Devarim had taught us that the, the Jewish people were not of a single type. That again and again, some of them, some of them, some of the people of Israel were involved in some of the people in Israel that were involved Repeated, repeated transgression, taking stands in different ways against the Kaddish Bahu. And other people, other people understood that this was, they were not convinced, they were not going that, even though they didn't take a stand. You can't say that their problem was, was the same. The problem of the different people were the same. So the Torah says to Moshe Rabbeinu, listen, I want you to give this one last lesson to Bnei Yisrael. 
And that is that you're going to start off, you, Bnei Yisrael, are going to start off in Eretz Yisrael. You're going to start off, start off as the recipients of, of God's mercy. But in order to get that, you have to have a special consideration for the people who need it more than the others. And the people who need it more than the others are the people who are who are going to be affected by what is happening. By what is happening, they will be, as uh, as Shemish Rule says, That somehow there are people who have stronger inclinations to do the wrong thing in order that they should be, have the opportunity to absolve themselves from that kind of guilt. They're going to have the opportunity to build. They themselves will have to make the Torah. They'll have to build the, the, the words of the Torah on the stone on the stone and and that's why that's why according to the Shemishmuel, that's why the people who are involved they might have written the Torah before the whitewash was applied or written afterwards. It doesn't make any difference. It wasn't for the others. It wasn't the bear heite. It wasn't the bear heite, but it might have been. It might have been able to Include the verite, but the point is, according to the Shem Yishmuel, is that in the, I mean, there are several points, but one point is that the metaphor, there's a metaphor of the Torah in the Torah. Because I can only understand the Torah if I apply other parts of the Torah to the part that we're talking about. And the second thing is that there was this understanding that Moshe Rabbeinu had, that he was supposed to give over to the Skenim, to the elders who would be able to talk to Bnei Yisrael, explain to them that even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgave them as a nation, but they were nevertheless, they were nevertheless filled with strange desires, difficulties, difficulties, and those strange desires and difficulties had to be dealt with. And they were going to be dealt with by Bnei Yisrael and Harival. Bnei Yisrael are going to build, they're going to build something good, a mizbeach, an altar, a stone, stones with the written Torah on it. And all of that is an act of remarkable chuba, which applies to the people, to the people who need it the most, the people in Harival. Oh. Have a wonderful time. Have a good Shabbos. Shalom. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rabbi. All the best. Good Shabbos.